listening to Money Talks, a little bit of Eagle's Life in the Fast Lane, just for uh, good old Jim Crone, the insurance guy, you know, living on the edge. <laughs> Certified fund manager, I think he said, <laughs> or specialist. Yeah. He, he's living life in the fast lane. Depends Gotta on how be. you want to emphasize I can yeah. think fun or fund, however you want yeah. to play. No, I said fund. I know. Did you not hear me? <laughs> I heard it. Okay. Heard it. Thank right. you. Thank okay. you. Okay. Just, uh, just trying to help you out, Jim. <laughs> All right, so uh, we're here to answer questions for our listeners. And uh, if you have a question, you can always reach us at uh, via email at drgene at hensler.com. That's spelled H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. Uh, you can also call us locally, 770-429-9166. Uh, you can also send in your questions via our hotline. And I think we have one of those later that we'll get to. Uh, the question hotline is 1-855-429-9166. Uh, Jacob, we got a few questions this week. And uh, one of them that's at uh, the very top of our list is uh, Brian from Woodstock. His question is, uh, I'm interested in the company Zendesk. Uh, my company is using their service, and from our perspective, it saved us money. The other company we considered was Salesforce. I've sat through their sales pitch. How do either stack up as an investment? Uh, right off the bat, I will warn you that sometimes awesome companies with awesome products don't always make the most awesome of investments. <laughs> um, right. I'd, I'd be interested to see uh, what the pricing difference was between Zendesk and and Salesforce. <laughs> well, what's your notion? You think? Uh, uh, I, I think there's. I think it's a competitive market. I, 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 my uh, my prediction would be that Zendesk undercut them yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I would have to guess too. Uh, so when you look at Zendesk, it's a soft software development company. It provides software as a service uh, for a customer service platform. Uh, on the other hand, Salesforce is a. Uh, in fact, their symbol is CRM. Uh, customer relationship management. This is one of the things that I talk about quite frequently about uh, how uh, some of the innovation that we've seen lately is not always uh, uh, the most uh, productivity focused. But in this case, CRM I think comes about as close to, uh, to right, right. Yeah, I, th- I think it's a productivity benefitter. I think it's a l- it's slightly different, Mark. I, from looking into Zendesk, it looks like their tilt is a little more towards the customer service support. Right. Um, they they do have some automation with that as far as the uh, the typical queries that a, a customer may have and being able to automate that process where you won't have have to have an employee on the phone answering questions, sure. things like that. My concern is this company still seems a little fresh. I mean, we, we've yet to see positive earnings. We've got eight straight right. quarters of negative earnings. And exactly. My, my typical investment philosophy would not put any money to work here. Yeah, well, when there's no earnings, I, I think it's very difficult for a person who's analytical uh, as a financial analyst, uh, such as yourself and myself, uh, it, it, it makes it difficult. When I just look at one number, EVA spread, which is uh, uh, their return on invested capital minus the cost of that capital, uh, Zendesk negative 45.89%. Their operating profit margin negative 39.3%. Everywhere we look right. for a profitability measure is negative. Mm. It's very difficult for me to say Zendesk would be the best. You probably got a deal uh, They're getting you know, aggressive, yeah. That's the, that's yeah. three-year revenue growth at 133%. So yeah, how exactly. they're accomplishing that might might be hurting their margins, apparently. Yeah, so if I were looking at one or the other, I would say CRM is better. Um, it's still pretty expensive with a P.E. to growth ratio at 3%. 
That's uh, the forward PE divided by the expected growth ratio. Uh, it's it's uh, usually we like companies around one. Uh, if we're going to invest, again, EVA spread and some of the other uh, operating profit margin is positive on CRM, but it's only 1.2 percent. Uh, three-year revenue growth at 25.5%. So it's growing revenues. It's just right. still, even it is not all that profitable. And you look at the EVA spread, again, return on invested capital minus uh, the cost of that capital, negative 7%. Uh, still not a whole lot to be really excited about here. No, no. And there's a few comments I would have. It, it, it kind of feels like their core product offering is kind of maturing here. Um, so some of that prior development expense might not be as heavy. They, I think they have some cross-selling opportunities. The, the other comment I would have is their CEO. I, I really like his philosophy. He's a, he's stakeholder-oriented and not shareholder-oriented. So I think that has staying power in the market. But you're right, the fundamentals aren't great. Uh, I, I mean, looking at valuation, uh, prices, sales is close to in line to historical. Maybe we get some margin improvement here. But again, it's it's not, not an opportunity I'm really looking for. Um, yeah, nothing real exciting. So uh, we'd probably pass on both Zendesk and Salesforce.com. Uh, here we go, guys, with the uh, question that we talked about. It is an audio question. I'm going to run this audio, and then we'll answer the question when we're done. Hey, how's it going? This is Stephen Marietta. Uh, my question is, for someone that's new to stocks and is interested, what is the essential tips that you need to know before you're really starting to invest in stocks? For example, I'm really into Google. What would be tips that you got to know before investing in this certain stock? Uh, thank you. Well, there we have it. Steve from Marietta wants to know uh, how you invest in stocks. What do you look for? I, I mean, in a nutshell, the three things that I look for from a stock, uh, it's generally growth, profitability, and valuation. Uh, it goes a good bit beyond that, but you can winnow right. them down to those three uh, basic details. Uh, there's a lot of work that goes into that. He's talking about Google specifically. One thing that I would warn before you even uh, assume that you're ready to talk about uh, investment in individual stock, but uh, are you really ready? Uh, Google's a company that we, we actually are, uh, we recommend to, to most of our clients. Right. Uh, but Let's let's do talk a little bit about what would make it reasonable yeah. for you to invest in uh, in individual stocks. So I think one of the things that you have to look at is the fact that uh, in order for you to buy stocks, it costs you a little bit of a commission, and that commission seems to be getting cheaper all the time. I know just this month uh, Schwab dropped their uh, per trade commission from 8.95 down to 6.95. So uh, we're getting to a spot where if you were to put together a portfolio of 50 individual companies, it would cost you about 348 dollars, 347.50 to be specific, uh, in order for you to buy those 50 individual stocks. Of course, a lot of work goes into it before that, but uh, I mean that would only be one percent on 34,750, which is probably still too much. Uh, but think about it, if you had $350,000, which is a, an achievable uh, amount, um, you know, if you save right and, right. and uh, live long enough, mm -hmm. uh, you're down to 0.1% or 10 basis points, which is really cheap for a commission. So a portfolio in that range makes real good sense for you to, uh, uh, to, to want to get out and, and try to buy individual stocks. One of the things that we do like about uh, buying individual stocks uh, we focus on high quality, so uh, when we 
the reason that we buy individual stocks in our client portfolios is so that we can avoid uh, buying the junk with the good. So, uh, you know, you hear a lot about passive investment these days. Uh, if you don't want to worry about uh, selection uh, within your portfolio, you know, it might be an easy way to do it. But about half of the stocks in the S&P 500 do not conform uh, to our uh, high-quality standards. So, um, you know, you can't it, – it's, it's uh, pretty tough to get that exposure without uh, buying individual stocks. And the other thing is you can, you can manage your tax situation with individual stocks as well. But just, you know, this is not where you go for your first investment. Mm -hmm. If you're going to uh, – when you're getting started, you probably are better to buy uh, either a mutual fund – uh, with a with a relatively low cost basis, so that you can um, you can buy with with one transaction, you can get a, a right. diversified portfolio right. just as you could with some of these exchange traded funds. From there, Jacob, what do you think about Google? Um, and, and well, what, what, I, let's, I, let's take it from the point of view of hey, I'm just going to buy this thing. What do you look at first, and then kind of step us through the process if you don't mind? Um, okay, um, well. Probably everyone's favorite is growth. We want growth. We right. want our money to grow. So um, I'd, I'd probably look at that first. Um, I'm also going to look at valuation. So there's a lot of there's a lot of metrics for that. PE, price of sales, price right. of book. When you talk about growth, if you don't mind me backing up a second, there's two different kinds of growth. We look at revenue growth, which Amazon is good at. Right. And then we talk about earnings growth, which, you know, you're ultimately as an investor, you want cash flow. So in order for the company to give you money back, they actually have to get some money to the bottom line, the the uh, net earnings, right? Yes, yes. So yeah. Amazon's not as good at that, right? No, no, no. But I I, I would not shot I I would not say that I'd solely look at earnings growth. I want that that earnings growth to be driven by sales growth because otherwise they're just improving margins essentially yeah gutting their customer base right there's so much there's only so much you can squeeze right. out of that limit right. you can't get all the juice out and once you do you're you're done you got to grow the top line too so yeah good point right and um i guess uh i guess beyond that i'm just looking for financial strength so uh you know the quality of earnings you can you can look at um some metrics for that and also just leverage as a whole i mean how 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 are you delivering those earnings? What does the capital structure look like? You can use uh, debt to equity as a heuristic for that. It's a great thing to look at. I mean, how much debt do they have? How, how much are those earnings at risk if if they do go through a, a downturn? Right. Because you can't just re you can't restructure most of the time just in uh, in the blink of an eye. If uh, if the business cycle goes against you, you got too much leverage. You still have to make those payments. You oh, still yeah. have to service your debt. One of the things that uh, that investment analysts focus on quite a bit is uh, return on equity, and we all know that uh, if you get more leverage, if you if you uh, finance your business operations with debt more so than you do with equity, then you can ramp that ROE up significantly. Oh, that's yeah. one of those things that you got to look for, though. So yeah, if then. if you've got a company that's got significant debt especially relative to other peers in its industry, uh, that's probably a warning sign, wouldn't you think? Oh, certainly. Uh, Valiant is a great case study in that. They, I think they're levered seven times. And so their R times. ROE, ROE looked great, but, uh, I mean, the look, at the, look at the stock price. <laughs> yeah, so, so basically if you find two companies and both of them have the similar return on assets or ROA, uh, and one of them has a lot of debt and the other one has no debt, the one with a lot of debt would look much better 
according to the return on equity, right? That's true. Because it's it's used uh, it's used debt to uh, to fund its uh, operations, um, but that also means that there's a whole lot more risk there. So if, just because you have a lot of uh, a significantly more attractive ROE is not always the best investment choice. Um, so uh, uh, to, to further answer the the listener's question, as far as Google gets me very excited. Um, <laughs> I, I joke with I joke with Troy. Uh, I think it was a year or two back. Um, Google had an antitrust case in Europe. I, I joke with Troy. What I want to own is monopolies, and I, I think with Google, you've got a core business with a, a strong moat. I mean, uh, you, you got market share penetration of 58% with Chrome, 20% with Gmail, and who uses any other search engine than? Google now. Right, so sure. as far as advertising revenue, they're going to deliver strong cash flows. It's going to pace with e-commerce there. And they use some of those cash flows not just for dividends. They, they don't have dividends. They actually use those for some big ideas, that their moonshot lab, which is going to include you know autonomous driving, right. smart home technology, a lot of really exciting things. So I feel like you're getting a nice nice cash cow there with, with a lot of upside. And yeah. To me, to me, with that taken into account, I mean, you see a PE of 30. It feels like it kind of makes sense. I mean, they feel it feels like they're a leader in autonomous driving, and, and some of those other opportunities are huge. Sure, absolutely. Uh, one of the things that I would warn you against, I know it's a lot of young folks, and I don't know if Stephen is or not, uh, but they like to focus on the latest technology, something that's real fancy. True. Just as our conversation with Zendesk and CRM or uh, Salesforce.com. Uh, just because it's a neat little gadget doesn't always mean it's real profitable. One thing that I'll tell you, and this is this is a, a point to be made, Google is a, a huge company. It's one of the largest in the uh, S&P 500. It's only 21 years old. This was a, a dissertation yeah. project from Stanford University. Sergey Brin and uh, what's his cohort? Larry name? Page. Larry Page uh, came together to try to solve an issue and and turned out with this awesome company right. with great uh, uh, profit and, and uh, great revenue uh, production. Um, but it can uh, they, they purposefully uh, cannibalize themselves so that people outside can't do it because in technology, it's, it's not too tough right. to, to be gone tomorrow. You know, some new yeah. technology come, around, come along and knock you off. Well, guys, let's uh, answer one more question. Hopefully, Jim, you can do this quick. Uh, yeah. Marvin from Atlanta says, I, can I deduct premiums paid for long-term care insurance, or LTCI? You like those? Yeah. yeah. We like the uh, acronyms. but yeah. Clearly. The, um, the, the short answer mm-hmm. is um, you can, as an individual, if, uh, well, let me start with saying, the long-term care premium actually is one of the items that can be used as deductible as a medical expense, assuming that when you add that with all your other medical expenses, it cre- it crests the threshold of the 10% of the adjusted gross income. So right. it, premiums can be added into that mesh of all the other things that go with it. All right. So, so. answer, short answer is yes, maybe. Yes, maybe. Go talk to your tax <laughs> if professional. You, if you spend a whole lot of money in your health care, then sure. There you go. All right. Well, uh, last question of the show. As always, will we see the market up or down? Jacob, this oh, week, goodness. what oh, is Oh, goodness. We've, we've had 10 straight record days on the dial. I think we pull back. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull a Jared. I think we pull wow. back here. Ooh, I'm sorry, guys. Guy, I'm sorry, guys. What do you say, Jim? 
I talk about insurance. I don't know. <laughs> <All right. laughs> well, they know me. I'm a broken record guy. <laughs> Troy Harmon, always up. <laughs> there you go. So uh, y'all take care. We'll talk to you next week. You're listening to Money Talks. All material presented is compiled from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decisions and is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified professional, such as a tax consultant, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.